Hello, welcome again to the Skip It podcast that reviews and dissects the classic Australian television show Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Um, again, we're joined by Ashwin. Hey, Johnny. And Lee. Hey, guys. And we are up to episode 31, Date in Del Mar. So this one, I think I'll just introduce the extras. We've got our normal cast, the the regular crew. Uh, We've also got uh, two extra cast members. So Adrian Gillespie, who we've seen before, played by John Warwick, and he's got a very long resume as an actor. And Keela, who is played by Max Cullen, who has equally got a very uh, long resume as well, but I'll get to him when we introduce him in this episode, which basically comes up straight away. So we've Can got... Can say, John? Yeah, yeah sorry, Lee, go on. Because you said the title, Date in Delmar, and I thought that was quite an interesting title given that the last two episodes concerned Jerry and the catalyst for the story was a very different type of date, if you remember. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, quite different connotations here. Yeah, so with this episode, it was uh, the script by Ross Napier, directed by Eric Fully Love, produced by Dennis Hill and series producer Lee Robinson again. It was originally aired on the 16th of the 9th, 1968. Okay, and we... Start with a shot of just, we normally do start with these shots of the National Park looking out. We're sort of looking out over the river, but we're sort of next to a road. So it pans over and then we've got the station wagon. Matt is driving and Skippy and Sonny are in the back seat. Matt says they should uh, be on time for Sir Adrian and told Clancy to take care of lunch. Sonny asks... Can we stop right here? Can we just stop right here? Sorry, what? Sorry, emergency. Sorry, go on. So the fact that Matt asked Clancy to prepare lunch was incredibly significant in the whole series, given how horribly she did when she started. So I think that's real character growth for Clancy and trust within the family. Absolutely, yeah, no. Uh, Then we've got Sonny asking, why is Sir Adrian coming? Matt explains the park has been given a grant for an extra 2,000 acres, and as the chair of the trust, he wants to look over it personally. Sonny asks how he became a sir, and I thought that was actually a pretty good question because, yeah. you know, it is very ambiguous pretty much. Uh, Matt sa- he says there's a lot of reasons, but usually for services to their country. And then Matt goes on to say, uh, so Adrian got his knighthood in the medical field and uh, Sonny asks if he was a good doctor and Matt replies, and he's got a very proud look on his face, uh, one of the finest surgeons in the world. Sonny says, gee, I just thought he was an old busybody and God bless Sonny because he's saying what we were all thinking because I'm sure we said this like, or I said this a few episodes ago where just like, so Adrian's like just come off as a bit of a buffoon, turns his back on Matt and anybody because someone else says so, like he's just got a very weird way of running this park. Uh, Guys, what did you think about this, uh, Lee? What do you reckon? Exactly like you said, John, when Sonny made that comment, my immediate, I think I might've said it out loud to myself. I'm like, yep. And a snooty one, like just. (laughs) Yeah, he's always very snobby, yeah. Yeah, and just so self-serving. If if something suits him, he will do it. And as soon as something comes up that might interfere with that, he will divert his loyalty to whatever that other avenue is. Yeah, he's only worried about reputation. And, well, that's what the impression was. But, uh, yeah, so, Ashton, what do you reckon? During this episode, I was like, why do I dislike Sir Adrian so much? He's almost like a villain, even though he's Mm. supposed to be in charge of the park. It's such a confusing character that they've made so i was quite it's actually quite complex to make a good guy have yeah. bad aspects so yeah that's quite sophisticated writing but yeah, he has villain-like qualities 
He does, because all those, the other ones, the villains have used him or something's happened where he's sort of had to be the villain or had to be the one that dishes out the punishment or finds out what's going on. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And I, But I did think that this was an interesting little note because we were all thinking that he was a useless character and all of a sudden we find out he's a doctor and not only a doctor, one of the finest surgeons in the world. And we know we can trust Matt that that is absolutely 100% true. So, and then... And after he says he's an old busybody, it cuts up to Matt and he's smirking and shaking his head, uh, which I thought was a nice little uh, funny moment between he them. Agreed. He agreed. Yeah, he did agree that he is a bit of an old... And, you know, he does show his fuddy-duddiness and his old, his old busybodiness uh, in this one, but you get to see he's actually quite useful. Okay, as the car comes around the corner, a man's body is lying in the middle of the road. Matt slams on the brake and stops. They both get out and look over the man. Matt goes down to check on the man and the man sits up immediately and pulls a shotgun from underneath himself that he was lying on. And then we cut to the intro. Very dramatic, guys. Um, Lee, what did you reckon? This is in the best possible way when I say this, but it felt very like exploitation movie to me. Mm. And and again, like I like that. So that was like fun. Like the composition of the shot of him lying in the road, how they framed it, the smash zoom in on that psycho with the freaking shotgun. Like Mm. I just just made me feel very, I know we're not quite seventies yet, but it just felt seventies exploitation movie, which was, I was like, cool. No, think, mm. thinking about it now, I think you're right. Yeah, it definitely did give those vibes and the whole story from it. It was also such a risky strategy. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I there's better ways to get a car uh, than relying on the goodwill of a person in the park. Um, and the other thing I want to say is the way he moved when he picked up the gun, he was so fast mm. and feral. There was just something criminal about his movements, like he was just full of energy and strength just by how quickly he picked up the gun and pointed it. So, yeah, I thought he was a good character from the start. Yeah, no, very menacing. And, um, yeah, and also because it was behind a bend. So, you know, what if they weren't paying attention? (laughs) Um, So, okay, so we'll get to the man who was lying in the road. His name, the character name is uh, Keeler, and um, he's played by Max Cullen. Now, Max Cullen has been around for a long time, probably most recently notable for Wolverine Origins. And uh, he was in Australia. He was in The Great Gatsby. Um, but he's been around for a long time, a uh, big character a- actor. So Keeler with the shotgun, he, he basically pulls it on Matt and Sonny and tells them to move and says, okay, you drive and I'll ride in the back with the kid. And then he says, no smart moves. And he has used this thing once already today, uh, shoving the barrel like right into Matt's face. And there is like, I don't know whether it's the director, but it's, it's something about Skippy and people shoving gun barrels into people's faces. But I think it's a, just a TV trope, I guess, because it's very threatening and something that you don't want to happen to you. And so we've basically like got this psycho already threatening Matt's son and Matt himself. Uh, Matt gets in the car. Sonny says, what about Skippy? who's still in the back of the car. And Keela pulls out Skippy and she hops off. You know, we're very lucky he didn't shoot Skippy. Matt tells Sonny, better do what he says. And they get in the car. He tells them he's got a date in Del Mar at four o'clock. Matt tells him Del Mar is 80 miles from here. Keela says he didn't ask for a geography lesson. Get going. 
Matt starts the car and they drive off. So, yeah, guys, very dramatic. Ashwin, what did you reckon about all of this? Yeah, when he said, oh, I didn't ask for geography lesson, I thought, oh, he's got an acid tongue as well as being physically menacing. So, I thought, yeah, he's a very good villain. My instinct was, given that Matt or Sonny or Jerry get held up at gunpoint every three weeks, has Matt ever considered a different job for his family or to raise a nine-year-old child in? Because it just feels like there's such physical danger. It seems uh, to happen child. every week. <laughs> yeah, normally as a parent, when your kid gets a gun pointed at them, you reconsider your location, your job, but yep. not Matt. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're still very early on in the episode, but he's he's got good menace. Uh, good verbal skills for a criminal and good physical menace. So yeah, we're on. There's some drama already because of that. Yeah, exactly. And I, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention he does have a, a wound in his side. So um, Lee, what mm. did you reckon of this little uh, encounter? Yeah, well, that's an interesting point you mentioned there, Ashwin, about his ability to speak well. Because you're right, he speaks very plainly, very direct, and he does mm. have to use the word that you mentioned before, which I think is a great one: feral. This feral quality mm. to the way he speaks. He didn't sound uneducated, but he didn't sound like he's still nothing like Sir Adrian. Like he wasn't a toffet <laughs> or anything like that. He just had this meanness about him. There's no no doubt that he's a good actor because you really dislike him immensely yeah, right from the start. Hate him from the start because he's just so threatening. And the fact that he's sort of straight onto Sonny and ready to kill anyone that gets in his way. So mm-hmm. uh, the desperation is there. And so we cut from this very dramatic scene back to Clancy in the kitchen uh, and Mark is there too and Mark asks, how's it going? She replies, everything is under control and it's got some really interesting hi-hats music there. I'm sure you guys would have noticed it where it was... Yeah, back to the swing, back to the jazz. Yeah. Bit more, yeah, bit more casual <laughs> than being held at gunpoint, which was like I think that ended with the classic trumpet sort of. Uh, we should also talk about their clothes because Clancy and Mark yeah. are in their best dress, prepping mm. this fancy meal, and Mark in like this like sort of maroon was it kind of a maroon shirt? Yeah, it was a bit of an odd color, wasn't it? But, but and white pants. I was like, whoa, that's really <laughs> That is brave, Mark. Very brave. Yeah. And Clancy's sort of got a weird apron on. Yeah, so we've uh, got a very switch of the dramatic uh, to just the mundane. Uh, they get the table ready and they talk about Adrian and Mark says that he is a big wheel. There's quite a bit of chit-chat about Adrian here and uh, Clancy wonders where Matt is they hear a car and Mark goes to see and like very surprised he comes back. It's Sir Adrian. And so Clancy says, oh my gosh, and tells Mark to bring him in. Mark goes to greet Sir Adrian and shows him in. Mark tells him his dad just went into town and should be back soon. Adrian very seriously says they have a very heavy program this afternoon and don't want to lose any time. He goes to sit and he uh, finds a toy ship on the, the seat and uh, Mark takes it away embarrassingly, apologising, saying it was uh, Sonny must have left it. And then as he goes to leave, crashes into Clancy, who was bringing a tray of food out to Sir Adrian. So things are not starting off well with this little meeting with Sir Adrian. And, you know, Sir Adrian's his normal, don't want to take any shit, no sense of humour. He's just there for business, which I guess he is there. But, you know, you'd think you'd be a little bit lighter. These people are technically, I don't know, she, he sees them often. So you'd think you'd want to be more, like, friendly. So what did you guys think of all this uh, this farcical nonsense? 
Yeah, it's like he's talking to children and he's still acting like a prick. He's so irritable and unlikable. But I think they put that in there just so we start to dislike him even more. It was just yes. a good drama. Uh, and the ship thing. Who cares if you sit on a ship? Get over it. Sit on your fucking ship. I'm sorry. I'm just really angry at Sir Adrian. Yeah, it's just it's too much for me. So I'm starting to dislike him. And I was wondering why Mark was being so timid um, mm. to get on Clancy as well. Because we saw Mark punch on with a man on the top of a float. <laughs> That's Mark. He's gangster. But he's getting so scared of the uh, toff that comes from Sydney every three months to tell them off. Yeah, I thought it was a strange moment. You know what's interesting as well? And I didn't actually think this while I was watching the show, but now as we're talking about it, when you put this into perspective about how fearful he was for this meeting going well, and then you cut between that and this crazy man with a pump-action shotgun, mm. a shotgun mm. pointed at his face, you realize sitting on a ship and having the meal go badly really isn't anything to be scared about. Like, that's not <laughs> real fear. Like, this, yeah. is, this is, like, compared to what's happening, the contrast... Like, like that is something to be scared about, not, oh, well, Sir Adrian will get offended. And it's interesting when you think about it that way. Like it really puts into perspective how we all, like as people, human beings, we get so worried about things that probably we don't need to stress so much about compared mm. to something like what's happening in that car, which is a something. Shotgun in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and like, you know, we all know that Sonny's uh, all, uh, yeah, just another day. In the park. This is just a Tuesday for him. He really um, wasn't shitting himself for having a pump no, action. He was worried. <laughs> you could see the worry, but you'd think that he'd be crying or something like that. This character could easily get away with the line, like a tough guy line, saying to this crazy man, I hate to break it to you, but this is not the first time I've had a gun pointed at my face. Like, you could actually get away <laughs> with saying that, and it would be legit. Yeah. <laughs> I know a kangaroo. She's got certain skills. <laughs> yeah. So we go back to the car. Keela says they should be on the highway by now. And Matt then replies uh, he's going an inland shortcut, just sort of bullshitting there a bit. And then <laughs> Keela winces in pain. Matt says that he's lost a lot of blood and then he needs a doctor. Keela says... You should just worry about yourself, pal, and then winces again. <laughs> so not good timing there. You should have held that one in. And you know, um, for a moment, Johnny, we yeah. saw a very similar line of exchange of dialogue when that kind of feral, that word kid, ran yeah. away from juvenile and he's falling down a rock and Jerry's trying to help him and he says, yes. just help yourself, don't worry about me. So they almost seem like parallel characters, this kid and that older man, holding up the family at gunpoint, being told don't worry about anyone, just worry about yourself. There was a certain parallel between those two villains. I think you're absolutely right. And I was sort of going to maybe bring this that up at one point because there's definitely a parallel towards the episodes because obviously he holds them up at gunpoint and then they do both end up in peril, like the bad guys, and then they have to sort of help them. And so similar things, but it's very interesting because the, um, you know, young kid was obviously redeemable, but... Mm. uh, Keeler is definitely not redeemable in any way, no. shape, or fashion. He's like a bad guy till the end, I think. Like, he is scheming all the time. And yeah. we'll find a bit more about this in a little bit. So we have a shot of the car driving by a road, and Skippy uh, is there watching as it goes past. Um, about so, that? Because yeah. Skippy was ahead of them, up the yeah. top... <laughs> What? Yeah. So, how did she get there so fast? If she can fly, that's what we know doing. that she's got super speed. She can travel in fifteen minutes. What a person can travel in like four hours. I guess. Also, because I, she was ahead of them, that means she knew where they were going. Yeah. Well, as we find out, Matt is sort of playing around here, so yeah. maybe she's seeing what you know. She's catching on 
uh, what's yeah. going on. Yeah, so you get the impression that Skippy is following the car, but also Matt got be driving like super slowly too. <laughs> so we have Skippy and she hops off. Sir Adrian is pacing back at the station and Clancy tells Mark to go get Matt on the radio. Uh, Mark awkwardly walks past Sir Adrian, who's pacing, and Mark calls on the radio and Keela... At, in the cut back of the car says, what's that? Matt tells him that it's his son and he was due back an hour ago. And uh, what should he tell him? And then this is where Keeler gets all smart ass again. He goes, please yourself, Ranger, but make it good. Otherwise, your son back here is going to be missing a brother. I know we say this happens all the time on the show, but I really did find it shocking that he is not only threatening an eight-year-old kid, but the pump-action shotgun held in- directly to his face. I just thought, I don't think you'll ever be able to have a scene like that on TV today outside <laughs> of, like, cable or streaming. But I'm talking about, like, a family TV serial. Like, yeah. on a, on free, I don't mm. think you would get away with putting a gun like that that big up to a kid's face. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like I, I was point. very taken back. But yeah, sorry, Ashen. Yeah. Well, this was before Port Arthur, American gun violence, oh, only yeah. horror that we've seen since then. So True. I think back then they thought, oh, just like cowboys and Indians. This is just yeah, it's I probably it's, had a different vibe. That's what then. I was sort of getting at before. Is like a t- trope, like a cliche type thing of like, this is how it makes it look really threatening but it is the it's fact that death. you have to think that the actor had to have a sh- you know even even a prop gun would be pretty intimidating you know even something mm. that didn't go off because it's still like you sure that's the prop one you know i i would be like super paranoid all the time and i would be wouldn't need to act i guess so yeah he shoves it in sunny's face which is quite you know disturbing so we have Mark on the radio calling, uh, still calling, and Matt answers. He says that he may be some time. Adrian runs up and asks to speak with him. Mark tells him about Adrian, and then Matt says that he can't talk over and out. Skippy's still tailing the car, so we've got some scenes of her sort of hopping along. Johnny, can I just come back yep. just to that call? Yeah, sorry, come on, Ashen. Given how many times this family gets kidnapped, they <laughs> should have a code word, like so when they're ready they can say, yeah. oh, Hey, hey, Mark, Liam Neeson, I'm just coming home in three hours. And then everyone knows, oh, this is a kidnap, this is a hostage situation. We can help out. But I just think it would be useful to have some kind of code word. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I thought they were going to do. But no, you don't really get any of that. And so we've got uh, Skippy tailing, and then we see a sign uh, for Branch Creek and Illawong. The car drives past it, and Keeler notices it. He says, we've gone past that sign before. And he says... You're waiting for me to pass out. So, you know, Matt's been driving in circles. He tells Matt that uh, he will kill Sonny before he does pass out. And so he better get to Del Mar. Gun in Sonny's face again. And then Clancy, Mark and Adrian, uh, they have an awkward lunch at the table together while all this is happening because they still don't really know what's going on. Clancy says she'll get the sweets. And then Adrian's like, he doesn't eat sweets. Uh, And he declines and he taps his fingers on the table. So he's sort of starting to lose his shit. Uh, Matt tells uh, Keeler he doesn't know what, He's done, but he'll die soon from loss of blood and he can get him to a doctor. Uh, He says, so Adrian's a great surgeon and he's at the house. Keeler doesn't believe him and Matt says he can radio him for proof. He explains that Adrian is the only hope he's got. Keeler asks how long it'll take to get there. Matt says 15 minutes. Keeler replies, still going around in circles. And then Matt says he would never have made it to Del Mar. And then all of a sudden he tells Matt to stop, get out, and 
take off and he says that he'll take some insurance with Sonny in the back and then he drives off in the car and then Matt tries to sort of grab onto the car, obviously trying to get Sonny out, but, you know, the car drives off. Keela asks Sonny if he's uh, telling the truth about the doctor and Sonny says yes and then Keela says, I sure hope so. So this was really, really quite dramatic, this whole turn of event. I didn't know where this was going to go. Like, he's like, now kidnap Sonny. And it's sort of interesting where he goes because it's really quite smart for a criminal um, trying to get away. Ashwin, what did you reckon about all of that? Yeah, this episode is definitely getting darker with Sonny um, by himself. Yeah, I could see Matt's frustration building up, so I was wondering how he was going to react. I was anticipating Skippy coming out and kicking Keela in the face, which is what she normally does to gunmen, but it was disappointing we didn't get that in this episode. But this evolves over time, but Keela's leverage over this family is so powerful and subtle. And we'll see that later on as this episode unfolds. I was quite impressed by the leverage he creates, and this is part of it. Yeah, Lee, what, what did you reckon? Yeah, dramatic is the right word. I, I'm glad you said that you weren't sure where it was going either because I think we probably find after 30 episodes, we think we can predict the mm. plot beats. And the, but I was the same as you. When that happened, yep. I didn't expect it. And I thought, shit, this is getting more intense. It was just really suspenseful. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we go, uh, Adrian is about to leave for the house and then Skippy suddenly comes in. Clancy says that she was with uh, Matt and Sonny and something must have happened. Adrian asks Mark to call Matt again on the radio. Mark calls and uh, Keeler is still driving and then it pans back to an empty seat. Sonny's gone. So we still don't know what's going on. But, yeah, it's quite an interesting little plan he comes up with. Um, Matt is walking alongside the road where Keeler left him. He sees the car coming. He finds a groggy Keeler pretty much almost, like, passed out and... He demands where his son is. Keeler replies, somewhere you can't find him. He gets out and tells him he'll uh, have to save him to save Sonny. So, as I said, very, very interesting plan from Keeler to sort of make sure that he gets away alive and no one tells the police and everything like that. He's top-notch at the old blackmail. And mm-hmm. Matt gets uh, Keeler into the back seat. Uh, he answers the radio and asks if they, Adrian is still there. Uh, Mark uh, says yes, and what's happened? Matt tells them that he has an injured man with him and he ha- he'll be back in 15 minutes. Um, Matt grabs the shotgun uh, off the road, which uh, Keeler dropped when he passed out, and then he gets in the car and they drive off. Adrian asks who the man is, uh, you know, talking to Mark back at the scene, and Mark says that it must be an emergency. Adrian then says he doesn't have uh, any equipment. Clancy then suddenly remembers it's Dr. Steiner, has uh, some equipment. And then this is where we get this sort of explanation of where Stein has been the whole time. Finally, Adrian explains it, that uh, she's gone away to Tasmania. It did make me wonder when he said that as well, what caused them to get rid of her? Because she was a good cast member. She was a good actor. She was as good as any of the others. Yeah, I get the feeling, like, I get get the feeling it was probably mutual. Yeah. (laughs) She probably didn't want to hang out in the bush all day. So, yeah, yeah, so you want to hear the the full story of that actor, go back and listen to one of our earlier episodes where she featured, and we do give a bit of a history of what happened to that particular actor. Yes. Also, I was was really looking forward to Keeler getting hit with horse tranquilizer or whatever vet equipment that Dr. (laughs) Okay, so we've got Matt in the car with Keeler in the back. Adrian looks over the medical equipment, says it's all right, uh, even though it's uh, for animals. And I'm guessing they have all these, like, 
animal drugs there too. So they're probably some pretty good stuff there. And then uh, Mark uh, notices that Matt is arriving in the car out the front. Um, Mark helps Matt with Keela and Adrian and Clancy come out the front. Matt tells Adrian that he has a bullet in him. Adrian examines the wound. Mark asks where Sonny is and Matt doesn't really answer him. And Adrian tells them to take the killer to bed. Adrian tells Clancy he will need some compressions and then they walk off. Uh, Mark asks uh, Matt about Sonny again, (laughs) which he does not say anything. Cut two. Sonny and uh you know a situation Sonny's been in a million times before again he's tied up uh to a pipe in an old abandoned uh, burnt out house yeah so what did you guys uh, reckon of that yeah well again like I just think the whole escalation of what was happening it probably let out a little bit of tension when we found out where Sonny was but I think they had to do that you had to find out where he was mm-hmm. but until that point I mean a crazy man and a little boy like you said Ashwin by themselves and then Sonny's just not there anymore Matt trying to save i mean this is the thing he's trying to save this person who's responsible for all this his life and also try not to panic anyone else but particularly mark who he needs to help carry him into the room so it was all just very intricately woven i thought and i really i was really enjoying this episode a lot yeah no the dramatic uh, elements were really great in it i was also enjoying the fact that oh finally adrian's gonna stop his hippie fit because he realizes there's a good reason behind this i just some of my tension dropped Ex- finally yeah. at that plot point and and Adrian actually is useful. Yeah. Which um, I think this is sort of what this episode's all about. So we've got Adrian uh, operating, and I, I don't know why. I guess it's the 60s going in the 70s, but I got MASH vibes. And um, yeah. <laughs> so Adrian in operating equipment, operating on Keela. And so we've got Clancy, of course, as the nurse. And she even, <laughs> like, swabs his brow and everything. Uh, it, you know, it's all there. Matt and Mark are looking on, which I don't know if that's that hygienic breathing everywhere. But anyway. Mm. Um, right there, have Skippy in there as the nurse and the nurse is up and she's wiping his brow just like the dead yeah. hand <laughs> that would have been great yeah just like on Adrian's forehead yeah. um what a lost opportunity Skippy the nurse Adrian extracts the bullet tells Matt that he'll need blood uh that he doesn't know uh what anyone's is and he'll uh if anyone has o-type and they all are not sure they don't know Adrian says uh that they can't take a chance. And Matt says uh, they'll have to do something and it could take days to find Sonny. So he's let the cat out of the bag there. Mark hears uh, Jerry come uh, back and goes out to meet him. Clancy asks uh, why it has to be O-type blood and Adrian explains that it's a universal blood type that can be taken by anyone. Um, (laughs) This lesson for all of us. And I like how the show does that sometimes with ecological knowledge. Yeah, just insert a little bit of like, oh, that's real. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> I learned something. Jerry comes in and Adrian asks him what type is blood. And Jerry, like being the legend that he is, replies, oh, like he knows exactly his blood. blood. But I'm guessing it's because he's been in so many chopper crashes. <laughs> he's yeah. so to. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably um, a lot of STD tests as well, given his last. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, yeah. So he's probably got a extensive medical history there. So he's right on it. Uh, Adrian pulls up his sleeve and then says, you're about to save a man's life. Zoom in and possibly Sonny's as well. Sonny is still tied up at the burnout building, but now Sonny's starting to struggle with the ropes and wiggle. Oh, just one cinematic point. When they yeah. zoomed in, Lee, you've got a bit of experience with filming. That zoom kind of shot is very rare these days because it seems a bit... Did you find the zooming a little bit 
cheesy and archaic when you saw it, or is that still a commonly used shot? No, that sort of smash zoom isn't real. I mean, Quentin Tarantino liked to do it in things like Kill Bill, but it was specifically because he was trying to harken back to that old 70s mm. style of when you want to see someone saying something dramatic, you just smash zoom into their face. And mm. I think because we've seen it quite a few times in Skippy, it didn't stand out to me this time. It does still make me kind of laugh a little bit just because it's just such a product of its time. But it's one of those things where just to add that, like we've seen it on Matt before when something dramatic happens and it's just we saw it in the beginning when we saw Keely lying down on the road yeah went straight up to his face yeah yeah Yeah. so we've got uh, Sonny in the bush he wiggles a brick free and then uh, pulls out the pole that he's tied to uh he makes his way over to a piece of metal because he's gagged and he tries to pull it down and then we have uh Keeler waking up from his operation uh with Matt and Adrian standing over him as he gets up Matt asks uh, where he is, referring to Sonny. Keeler asks about the bullet, and Adrian shows it to him. As he gets up, Adrian tells him he can't move. He'll have to stay still because the, it'll start the bleeding again. He replies that that's a chance he'll have to take. Uh, Keeler tells Matt that he's taking Sonny to Delmar. So very, very dramatic turn of events here. And I'm guessing just so he's got insurance until he can get away and this is an example of his leverage. He's surrounded by six people. He doesn't have his gun, and yet he's in complete control of that situation because of the planning he did. So I just thought that was really clever leverage. Well, yeah, it's almost like, as Lee said, it's almost like a Quentin Tarantino situation where, you know, technically they could try to force him, but unfortunately that's probably not going to work on him. Well, they yeah. could have let him die, but they can't because, like Matt had said before, they don't know where Sonny is, and it could take days to find him. By then, he's died from thirst. I still thought of don't worry. Like, the whole thing is, well, through this whole thing, they haven't asked Skippy to go find Sonny, which I think would have been my first thing. And that would have been my first thing to do, and then back up, heal the guy, and then get him to lead us to him, maybe. You know, that sort yeah. of thing. Anyway, so Killer asks if they've got a store in. And then he asks for the uh, gun back as well. And then Mark gives him the gun. Uh, Keeler marches them to the storeroom. So he's got them all at gunpoint. Uh, Matt opens the storeroom and Keeler tells them all to get in. Adrian tells him that they can't go in there. And uh, Keeler replies that he's doing them a favour and removing them from temptation. So basically making it so they can't get after him or anything. And there was another shot here where he threatens Mark and puts the gun to his head as well. So that's two yeah. kids He's yeah. put a pump-action shotgun barrel right against their heads. Yes, yeah. so that's what I was just about to get to. He shoves it right into Mark's face, yeah. threatening Matt, uh, and they all get in there pretty much straight away. Adrian tells him he will regret this. Killer says that well may, may be, Doc. And then Skippy watches as Keeler locks the storeroom. He tells them, uh, nice meeting them, and thanks them for the hospitality, and then goes to the car. Uh, then Skippy hops off into the bush. Obviously, I'm guessing to go to get see where um, Sonny is. Sonny uh, gets his gag off and uh, gets up. And uh, still tied to the pipe, he uh, goes to a tree and pulls down a um, gum leaf. And this, this is where things sort of all fall into place. And then he starts to whistle uh, on the gum leaf. Uh, he still keeps blowing, he, like a, quite a few shots of him, like trying to get Skippy's attention. And then uh, Skippy suddenly like hears it and then hops off to the rescue. Skippy finally finds Sonny. And then uh, Sonny says, I'm glad to see her. And uh, Skippy 
helps Sunny get the ropes off. So we get, get get a little bit of hand action again. We know how Skippy is awesome at knots. She'd be a great sailor. What did you reckon of that little rescue, guys, uh, Lee? Well, I'm glad you pointed out the Skippy hands again because those dead hands, we hadn't seen them much this episode. <laughs> no, I was missing them, yeah. Yeah, so seeing her. And also, she didn't undo those knots very quickly either. They actually decided oh. to let it build up some tension because we know that we've got Keela coming to yep. find them and so that time of getting that knot undone was a good way to maintain that tension as well yeah yeah we still have skippy sort of working on the ropes and then matt it cuts back to matt and jerry trying to force over this open the storeroom door skippy still works on the rope loosens them keela then arrives and then goes to retrieve sunny and just in time because sunny goes and runs behind a, a, a piece of uh brickwork and then uh keela finds sunny missing and then uh sunny and skipper hiding keela goes off and searches he sort of starts like walking around because he's still wounded uh he's moving around which the doctor did not recommend uh so he's still obviously got a lot of pain from this bullet although i'd imagine he'd be all on these animal uh drugs so you know he should have asked for a few takeaways sunny throws a rock and then uh, Keeler goes to investigate. He starts to sort of stumble and walk very awkwardly, and then he collapses. We see that point of view shot as well from his perspective, so you can see that he's yeah. because of the blurry camera angle. That's, yeah, that's so we get yeah. a lot. Yeah, we we do get quite a bit of cinematic stuff where he's like fading vision, can't really see anything, very very disorientated. Unlike the snap zoom you were talking about, though, we use that in and out zoom technique to depict blurriness today don't we yeah a lot of people still use it yeah yeah and i was going to say that sunny and skippy work together quite well to increase his disorientation because mm. not only was sunny throwing rocks but skippy was also doing her on the other side yeah that was sort of both creating a distraction yeah and then uh sunny goes over retrieves the shotgun finally and then sunny tells skip poor fella he doesn't look so dangerous now and then we cut to a shot of a police car driving off. Sonny, Jerry, Mark and Matt are all talking. Matt says, uh, now that's what I call an uh, eventful day. <laughs> Very <laughs> understated there, Matt. Very understated. Yeah, it was such a surprising <laughs> moment for the writers. Normally they get it right, but that was like, yeah. I guess it's a wrap-up thing. It's going to be to, comical. That was the closest. Yeah, I, I think he was obviously maybe being facetious, but also technically it is a pretty much an everyday event at that part. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, Matt asks if they picked up the um, other man. So the story is that Keeler was robbed, robbed a place. He was on the run. The other man had gone to Del Mar and apparently they'd picked him up in uh, Del Mar. And if it hadn't been for you and pointing to Skippy, you and Sonny, our friend would have got away with it. Uh, so Skippy is in the back seat looking on uh, of the car and Matt says uh, they're likely to be a reward. So Sonny uh, says... He would settle for a ham sandwich. He hasn't eaten anything all day. Poor, poor Sonny. Well, that's when Jerry says that he should have been locked in the storeroom. Oh, that's right. Time. Sorry. Yeah, I had. And then Jerry jokes that uh, he should have been locked in the storeroom. What did he say? Yeah, he, says, he says they should have been locked in the storeroom with them because they've had nothing but food. And what they really needed, though, was fresh air. That's right. Yeah, sorry. I'll just leave it at that one. I'm not going to try to repeat. Mark says fresh air is what they needed. Matt says a smiling home for the hunters, which I wasn't sure what that meant. I guess I they were hunting. Yeah. Um, I guess it meant was referring to Skippy and because they hunted a guy. Um, and, they, and they both smile at each other and puts him in the back seat uh, with Skippy. 
So yeah, it was very nice little ending, and that we cut to the end credits. I'll just get into the things right now. Um, so review. I'm going to give the, this one was a really exciting episode. I quite liked it a bit. I know I like all of them, but I'm going to give it a four and a half. I think it had all the elements. Again, Skippy rope untying. Uh, we've got a very threatening, uh, very good character actor that's uh, playing a, a role, and we've got high stakes the whole time. And we actually see Adrian is a useful human being um, after all. So there was a lot of lessons I learned there. Ashwin, what did you think of it? Similar to you, I really enjoyed the drama of this episode. I was, that's pushing me up quite high. Just a couple of facts that maybe you can correct me. I think the only Adrians in film and television history of the last hundred years are Skippy and Rocky. <laughs> Has been another Adrian in film or TV history? Oh, Let- I don't know. Oh, I'm not, nothing's coming to mind. I bet you we're going to get off this recording and I'll be like, oh, man, I forgot about it. I'm sure there is. I <laughs> right, probably the most famous, I mean, obviously, is Adrian from Rocky, but then I'm yeah. biased because I love those yeah. movies. Yeah, so. you've <laughs> seen them many times. But Yeah, it's not a castable name in film. For some reason, Adrian wasn't in that final scene. I thought he could have belonged in that final scene to redeem himself a little bit further to show a bit of his skim inside. But I yeah, guess yeah, yeah. I guess they really just had to wrap it all up. Wrap it up, yeah. So... Mm. Because of the drama, the threat, um, the rare use of Adrian, I'm going to give it 4.3 gum leaves. Cool. All right. Uh, Lee, what do you reckon? Yeah. I mean, I like that end scene. Just one thing that I also noted in that last scene was Matt picks up Sonny kind of like a baby when they're all happy together. And I I mean that not in like a silly way, but just in a, he's just relieved. And I thought that was quite a nice father-son moment. It also reminds you how young Sonny really is to have gone through this ordeal. So... This episode, it was pretty great. It was tense. This time they held the tension well, and it shows how a simple story can sometimes be more effective to hold attention than cramming in a ton of ideas that each get diffused too quickly. And we've talked about that before in the show, how they sometimes can do that. It actually made me angry in a good way again, and that I hated the villain. And we talked about that a couple of weeks back, that if art can make you feel, including hating a character because their actions appall you, then it's doing its job. Mm. I mean, the guy, the guy threatened to kill both Matt's kids put a shotgun to both their heads so and matt too yeah true i I think it's just when it's kids it's just no no it's always disturbing yeah so uh, the only thing that would have made the episode more satisfying for me was if matt had fought him for the shotgun and then said something like nobody threatens my kids and blown his head off (laughs) because there's no excuse like threatening his kids he should have gone complete gangster and just Mm, i was expecting some kind of fisty cuffs yeah yeah or if when um, Keeler had driven off with Sonny after taking over Matt, if he'd driven around the corner and Matt had been lying on the road and Keeler had been lying He's like, damn it, I fell for the same trick, damn it. Yeah. He was so dragged out, he fell for it. That was a great ending. Oh, man, that's great. And Matt's um, like, the tables have turned. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so look, there definitely could have been some things like that happening, but we, with what we got, I'm going to give this one, and this might be my highest score, 4.2 gum leaves. Wow. Wow. Okay, cool. I think the only time I went over a four might have been the fourth episode, Long Way Home, the one that we talked about. (laughs) Guiltily, guiltily pleasured because... It was was one of the best so far. Yeah. Um, Yeah, 4.2. No, that's uh, fair enough. Absolutely great. So for next week, episode 32, 10 Little Visitors. 
Sonny and Skippy become guides for foreign children stopping at the Waratah National Park while touring Australia. Wow. So I'm imagining like a Disney whole It's a Small World situation with all these kids dressed in this (laughs) particular ethnicity's uh, national dress. That's what I'm imagining. No, John, you're completely wrong. You've read out foreigners. They're all going to be villains. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to be diabolical villains. Because we know that. Yeah. Because yeah, the only foreigners here so far have been. Yeah. Oh, well, technically, um, that old guy was from Ireland. So That's I don't true. Know. We had one. But he was Australian, technically. Yeah. So, you know, which he argued. So. <laughs> About four or five years before the white Australia policy ends, I wonder where these foreigners are going to be from. Are they from Asia or is it just going to be 10 Swedes? I'd be quite keen to see where they Well, yeah, exactly. I wonder if there's an American there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with that episode. Um, join us uh, next week. And uh, thank you, Lee. Thanks, John. Thanks, Ashwin. Thanks, Ashwin. Thanks, guys. And goodbye. Scoopy, scoop, 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 sco